Hello, HR professionals. Good news. This episode of the Cool Leaf podcast is valid for 0.5 professional development credits towards SHRM CP, SHRM SCP, and HRCI recertification. Stay tuned to access your certification code. I think a lot of large corporations, big names, have all of a sudden become purpose-driven organizations. And I think that's that, that's honorable. At least the people are moving towards that direction. But do they walk the walk, talk the talk? Is it really the culture? Because Gen Z is going to require it. So you can't really fake it. Welcome to The Great Retention, a show spotlighting executive leaders who've built award-winning cultures where people feel empowered, seen, and recognized. In today's episode, John Duisberg chats with Nigel Zelser, co-founder of the Georgia-based business consulting firm, JBN Consulting. JBN specializes in strategic management, IT consulting, and more, serving mid-market and Fortune 500 clients with their people, process, technology, and strategy needs. John and Nigel discuss creating an environment where employees feel safe, the importance of not only being purpose-driven, but really walking the walk, and how JPN maintains a healthy relationship with former employees, or as they call them, alumni. Let's jump into the conversation with Nigel Zelser. Over to you, John. All right, Nigel, thank you so much for hosting the Great Retention Podcast here at the, the JBN office, the headquarters here in Atlanta. Thank you so much for hosting us. Well, thanks, John. I appreciate you and Cooley underwriting this actual podcast, and I appreciate you, Jeff, for producing it. Absolutely. So for the folks who are listening in today, let's start. Give us an overview of JVN. Tell us a little bit about the firm. Just kind of give us an idea of overall the company to start. Yeah. So JVN's a local management consulting company, and we have offices in Atlanta, Chicago, Charlotte, and Dallas. And we serve mid-market and Fortune 500 clients with their people, process, technology, and strategy needs. Um I did note that it was a local consulting firm. Yeah. And so it may help the audience to understand what makes us different from a regular management consulting firm. The best way I know to describe this is a regular management consulting company has individuals or consultants who normally leave on a Sunday night, pack their bags, go to some client in a foreign city, and then come back either on a Thursday night, Friday night. And it's kind of a rinse and repeat. You got yep. 48 hours to get your laundry done, and they go back on the road again for JBN. All of our clients and all of our employees live and work in their local community. And if we have clients during the COVID times that are not in our local community, then they're served virtually. Okay. And so I like to, we're a conscious capitalist organization, and I like to compare that using like stakeholders. And so in a regular consulting firm, the stakeholders are clearly the employee, the client, which normally is the logo on the building, because at the end of the day, after six weeks or eight weeks on a project, you'll probably never see that human again when you go on to your next project. Yeah. And if they're publicly held, maybe a chef. For JB and the stakeholders are quite different. Again, the employee, but when you live and work seven days of the week in the, your local community, then maybe it's your spouse if you're married, because you're going to see them every single day yep. as a stakeholder. Your kids are a stakeholder. Client logo is still a stakeholder, but actually the human is a stakeholder because when you're working with that client, you might see them in a grocery store. Your yeah. kids may be, play baseball together. So you build a much different kind of relationship. And maybe the final stakeholder here would be community. When you live seven days a week in your community, then you can serve your community. 
So that's just a yeah. little bit of difference of who we are and, and how we may be different than the regular management consulting company. I like it. Yeah. And, and, and so I know from past lives, burnout is real in consulting. Oh, right? yeah. And so the idea of being able to be around family, around friends, around community, that's very powerful, very meaningful. So it sounds like that's a big part of the culture. Tell us a little bit about the culture. Yeah. We're a purpose-driven company. And so we're out to help our clients and colleagues achieve their greatest accomplishments, make a meaningful difference, and enjoy the journey. It's pretty simple, but that's our why, our Simon Sinek why. And so that's what we're focused on, and it's what we're focused on for the entire culture that we have. Our employees, we believe that we have a greenhouse for top performers. And so everyone in the company has a personal platform. It means, what are you famous for? And we're out to make people famous first internally, and then externally in their local environments. Okay. Um, and so today our culture, we have our own 501c3 called JB and Cares. And so 100% of our employees are engaged in their community. Maybe about 60 to 70% of those employees hold leadership positions, both on philanthropic and on business boards. And wow. so that's the culture. People are here at JB for a career, not a job. So they're on a journey. And our whole mission is to help those folks as they're going through that journey, as they start into JABian and wherever they, this journey may take them. Yeah. So it's helping an, an individual find their purpose and enjoy the journey. Yes. And what are they famous for? Yes. But internally and, and externally. externally. And it takes time sometimes for people to find their purpose. It's something that they have to click with. I can't create it for them. They have to discover that themselves. I saw there's all these stats, right? But it was something like 80 Six eighty-seven percent of Gen Z say they won't even think about working at an organization if they don't feel aligned to the purpose, the mission, the values. And so just hearing you speak about purpose-driven resonates. And I think that's yeah. the future, but it sounds like that's kind of fundamental. It is fundamental and it's real. I think a lot of large corporations, big names have all of a sudden become purpose-driven right, organizations. Right, right. And I think that's that, that's honorable. At least the people are moving towards that direction. But do they walk the walk, talk the talk? Is it really the culture? Because Gen Z is going to require it. Yep. So you can't really fake it. Yep. Yep. So something I want to get your feedback, just kind of hear your experience, Nigel, is a lot of companies over the last couple of years have had to, they've invested a lot into their culture and then they went remote. Maybe some of those things, those all hands meeting things that they've used to do. Now, all of a sudden they've hired someone and that person's never met anybody. I know that with, with JB, you've already, you've had people at clients, but that local community is, it sounds like is a big part of your culture. So Talk to us a little bit about with the shift to remote, how did that impact you? Are there things that you've learned along the way? Just any any insights you can share on that? Yeah, maybe we're going to journey together in this kind of space. So yeah. let's look pre-COVID. I'll call that the old normal. You talked about all hands meetings. We would have all hands meetings. We'd do them every two months or so. They'd be live in Atlanta and we'd field, field a stream to the other offices. They were good meetings. Yep. And then COVID hit. And really quickly we realized lots of things were changing on us. Like everyone else, big businesses were shutting down business, which really impacts the revenues for consulting companies. Sure. And we knew that we had to have an all hands on meeting, even though we were all remote, pretty much now every week. You saw those same big companies laying off a lot of people. So you went from two every two months to every, to every week. every week. So the communication became much more frequent. It had to be wow. and much more transparent. When people realized that clients weren't spending money on consultants, they were scared. When they looked yeah. around and saw their friends being laid off, they sure. were scared. 
And so we took to the airwaves virtually to be extremely transparent. So one of the things, we, I'll, I'll compare a couple in contrast. Sure. We always start these meetings off with something called gratitude. It's JB and gratitude. It's just a way of having people give gratitude to someone else in the firm, classic to our culture. And they would do it beforehand five, six times. During these weekly meetings, gratitude would last sometimes 10 minutes long. Wow. Today, we still do it. Now, our frequencies moved to four to six weeks, but they take well over 10 minutes in gratitude. And we've now said, hey, can we continue this? This is great, but in the chat, because we got to continue right, right. the meeting, which is, which is interesting. <laughs> yeah, what, the yeah. point about this is we've bonded more. Okay. And during COVID, we chose to lay no one off. And we said that to our employees at the time. We're not going to lay anyone off as best as we can. And we didn't. We realized we had the world's greatest consultants and that eventually this thing would rebound. And we wanted to be ready for our clients and our stakeholders to rebound. We actually yeah. kind of doubled down, doubled down on the individuals. The, the individuals became more skilled, more trained, doubled down on the community. We did a ton of pro bono work during the time when clients couldn't use us. We just focused on the community and helped people in the community. And we doubled down on the firm. We produced more thought leadership during that period of time that made us so much stronger. So some comparisons. Yeah. Here's a meet, just a hands-on meeting and how things changed today. And during COVID, we we obviously had to shut down the office as everyone did. I think it was March 13th or whenever that Friday right. was, right? Yeah. But not for long because we realized employees needed some employees when there was homeschooling going on actually needed an office to go work at. Yep. So we opened up the office. We obviously put COVID protocols together. And we always took the, doesn't matter what the government or the state said, we put employees first, employee safety first in the decisions we made. Mm -hmm. So we had people come into the office if they wanted to. It was optional, optionally open. People working remote. Today, same thing. Some people really have enjoyed working remote and we've helped support that. Some people really enjoy being in the office. Yeah. And they're in the office. And some are hybrid. At client sites where clients kind of hybrid. Right. And so those are some of the changes. But at the end of the day, your question around culture and remoteness, I think there's the concept of connectivity really can impact a culture. And so even during the middle of COVID, we had folks who would go to the park, put on masks, social distance, and actually do meetings walking around, sometimes with their clients, right? Because they're all local. Yeah. Uh, got people outside and got them connected. And today we see obviously people become much more comfortable with the situation of remoteness. And so connectivity comes in lots of ways. We do happy hours. Tomorrow night we'll be doing the Atlanta Braves Pride game. Uh, next month we're doing a movie premiere and renting out a movie. All of these are ways of connecting employees together. So you shared some really good things there. One of the things that stuck out to me, Nigel, is you made it clear that you're not wanting to lay people off during that time. That can be very tough, but you were transparent about it. Sounds yep. like what, what was going on. And so as a leader, when you go through these times of adversity, that gives you the opportunity to just walk the walk, right? For sure. And be there for your people. For sure. Right. And, and so that was one of the things I heard loud and, and clear. And which that's I was what I'm really impressed. Our employees got to see that. They yeah. got to see and experience that. And I actually think that's why the organization will look back at this point in time, just gelled even more so than pre-COVID. I didn't know that that would be possible, yeah. but there's between transparency walk in the walk that just emanated throughout the yeah, entire and it culture. It sounds like a, a, a focus on connection, 
Yes. You know, continuing to find ways to yeah. bring people together. And, and creating a place of safety. Interesting. If okay. people remember the George Floyd murder, yeah. right? It sanded everyone, sanded the country, sanded our community, sanded our office and our employees. We'd always had a strong diversity, equity, inclusion program. We'd had lots of employee resource groups. But when that, that event happened, we just doubled down. We're like, our employees need more. We need open discussion. And we had these discussions and we had speakers come in. And I just remember an employee coming to me and saying, Nigel, I don't feel safe at home. I don't feel safe in my neighborhood, but I feel safe at JBM. Wow. And it was kind of like an eye-opener. In hindsight, it shouldn't have been an eye-opener, but it was an eye-opener. And and I realized that safety is another thing that people need in, in, in their world. And today, our diversity and equity inclusion program, we, we have speakers on all topics, like every month, every two months, and it just keeps the dialogue going. So safety can be a, a really important factor as like well that. as connectivity. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's that's interesting. And, and I think part of feeling safety is having connection with and having that level of yeah. trust huh. with others and knowing that you have leaders that are going to walk the walk when times get tough. So I think it's all—it's almost like it's all kind of related. Exactly. Uh, some, and it goes back to culture, right? It does. So, so that kind of leads us into this next question that I'd, I'd like to get your feedback on. And so big buzzword over the last, we'll call year, is uh, the great resignation, right? And we've got maybe uncertainty with the economy and yep. whatnot, but I, I still think that being intentional about really making sure you keep your people, right? Good people yeah. that you've invested in yeah. is still top of mind, regardless of the economy. But what have you experienced? What's JB experienced when it comes to the great resignation? Are there things that you've maybe done to be proactive with your people? Any lessons learned that you can share? Yeah, I, I wouldn't, a couple of things. I wouldn't say that um, any company can escape the great resignation, right? We've clearly had people who have left our organization. In fact, that was true before this time and it will be true going forward. It comes back to that journey. Okay. I, I once had a, a mentor who was a leader here in the Atlanta community, ran a large organization, and he said, don't be sad when people leave. Look out in your community. And when those people are presidents of large corporations or started their own successful business, be proud that you were part of the journey that got them to that. And so I look at that and I say to myself, that's to me, when I think of the great resignation and the great retention, it's okay. JP might not be the right opportunity for someone's new part of their journey of what they want to go. Yeah. And in essence, our, our employees become alumni, right? When you become famous, when you, be well, when you become famous in your community, there's a lot of people that will come to you. When you're the world's yeah. best management consultant, there's a lot of clients that will come to you. And if it's a right move for folks, I, I always will go up to someone when maybe they're leaving us and say, hey, how can I help you? Because they're not leaving my community. I'm going to see yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, and so these are some of the things we've seen with, quote, the great resignation. But I would tell you that there are also things that we've done since day one to, to create the culture that we have. For example, we do employee surveys. We do them once a year. Okay. They take about an hour to do. It's a long commitment. Yeah. We have, I don't know, 93, 94% of all employees will complete it, which is wow. a pretty high, good. High, yeah. high mark. And we get really nice engagement scores. Most of the employee questions are open-ended and they are basically say, what can we do better? We're actually seeking, no matter if you rate on a scale of five, if you rated it a four or a five, what can we do better? And what we take from that is two to three initiatives every single year and we make them employee strategic initiatives for the following year normally and, and start to figure out 
what we can do better. It's a continuous improvement organization. And so it's just one example yeah. of culture will change. It changes every day. But how can you make that culture better? So every year, a handful of employee-centric initiatives. Yes. That's interesting. So oh, yes. you're continuing to get feedback and then you're responding with these specific initiatives. Yes. They're going to be priorities for the year. Yes. So that, that's a, a great way to think about it. And we also interview people who are leaving the firm. Obviously, we do exit, exit interviews, interviews yeah. and we try to pull themes from that and roll them right into initiatives yeah. accordingly. So the other thing that you brought up, Nigel, was thinking of as an employee goes to a next step of their journey, they're alumni. They're yes. part of the JBN family. They are. Right. And so that so me as a, as a leader, I'm thinking about, OK, I want to help this person, lift them up wherever they are in their career path. And I hope that wherever they go, they're going to be so successful and they're part of they're part of our alumni. Exactly. That is we such have a, a cool a, way to think about it. We that. have alumni events. Interesting. Right? Wow. Where okay. it's a catch up. Yeah. Maybe I haven't seen you in a while. And it's an opportunity to catch up. As I said before, some alumni are now clients. And I think yeah. that's that's the greatest praise. That right? is. They are out in is. the community and they are saying this is the organization we we should use. I know how good they are. Yeah. Um, I love that. So people have Timing, different things are part of their journey, yeah. but they're still part of the JV alumni. Exactly. I love it. I love it. So, um, Nigel, thank you so much. Final question uh, okay. as we wrap up here, just for the leaders that are listening in and they want to make a positive impact with their people. They want to obviously retain good people. Any additional kind of practical pieces of advice or anything that you might leave folks with as we wrap up here today? Yeah, I would say one of our guiding principles in the company is a marathon, not a sprint. A great retention, it's a marathon. Organizations aren't overnight going to be able to create culture. It, it's, it's okay if you don't have a great culture and you want to change. I, I applaud you to wanting to change, but it's not going to change overnight. And so I'd encourage leaders to think about their culture from day one and, and, and how can they continuously improve that particular culture. We talked about surveys, employee surveys. We talked about connectivity. These are constant things. And so I, I would tell folks, continue that marathon mindset. Um, the classic thing we're seeing in the marketplace right now, those companies that laid off all of those people can't get people right now, right? Lowest unemployment in years. And so what are folks doing now? They're throwing very large salaries at individuals. Yeah. And can't be maintained for long. For example, we, we do compensation studies and we make sure that our employees are fairly compensated and have great benefits, but that's not going to solve it. People stay for culture and fair compensation. Right. I, I'd be willing to bet some of those companies that are throwing out big money now will be the first ones to lay off those people if we get into a recession. Right. So yep. the message for fellow CEOs and executives out there is it's a marathon. Try not to change something on a dime. Think about it as a, a, as a long journey that you're taking your company on and, and so forth. Makes sense. Nigel, thank you again. Really appreciate you sitting down and just sharing your lessons learned with us on the great retention. Well, thanks, John. And thanks, Jeff. I appreciate you guys today being here today. That wraps up another edition of The Great Retention. Thank you for joining us and being a leader who genuinely cares about recognizing and empowering the everyday hero and the team members around you. We are proud to support your leadership journey and grateful for your support of this podcast. If you haven't already, please rate the show on Apple Podcasts and share it with a friend. This helps us get this content in front of more aspiring people first business leaders. If you'd like more perspectives on how to create exceptional cultures around award winning talent, 
Go to coolleaf.com and sign up for our newsletter to get them straight into your inbox two times per month. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help from our production team at Chat with Leaders Media. Learn how you can launch your own podcast to grow your business at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again for listening. Now go be people first leaders by celebrating and connecting your people today. HR professionals, thanks for listening. As promised, this episode of the Cool Leaf podcast is valid for 0.5 professional development credits towards SHRM CP, SHRM SCP, and HRCI recertification. To claim your SHRM credit, please visit www.coolleaf.com slash podcast slash SHRM. To claim your HRCI credit, please visit www.coolleaf.com slash podcast slash HRCI. Complete the three-question form to receive your certification code. That's coolleaf.com slash podcast slash SHRM and coolleaf.com slash podcast slash HRCI.